But at least to me, it's just like to really love on God in anything and everything we do in life. Like from the minute that we wake up to give thanks, you know, because we feel compelled to worship Him and do what He called us to do. And I think it just do what we know it is good in Him to do. In, in, in a simple way to me, that's what it means to be alive in the Spirit. Welcome to Brighter Stories the podcast about eliminating poverty and empowering people by giving them the tools they need to build independent lives that they love. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Henson. In this series, we'll tackle a variety of topics like outreach and what it means to do life with someone and more. We'll hear testimonies from graduates of the restoration program, Victory Mission's long-term discipleship program that transforms lives through a holistic approach. I hope this podcast will challenge and encourage you and will start discussions about how we can help our neighbors write brighter stories for their lives. Johnny grew up in a loving and attentive family, but he still felt like an outcast. As a young adult, he started seeking validation through other relationships that were often codependent. He found a career success as a junior stockbroker in New York City, then as a personal banker in Texas. But he ended up losing everything, which brought him to Victory Mission in search of something different for his life. And that is exactly what he found. Let's check out his story together. Tell me about Johnny growing up as a kid. Like, how was your childhood like? And give us a story. Well, my childhood started with uh, just your normal family, my parents loving on me. But they they have, like any other family, have their way of showing love. Uh, not physically too much, nothing against that. But I felt that looking outwardly to the other families, me just being young and not knowing uh, that sometimes family carried themselves that way. They didn't know how to cope with that. So I felt I was part of a family, but not fully part of one. So I developed throughout the years uh, a little outcast in my own family. Although yet again, they were really loving, they were attentive, but they have like some symptoms and signs of being dysfunctional. And I became self-reliant in myself and that grew bigger and bigger to the point to where I, in my early adulthood, uh, started seeking some of that uh, wrong vision of not being validated uh, by my family through relationships, broken relationships, codependent relationships, having to be the savior of somebody that um, needed help to feel that fulfillment that, that I was important. So you have, you have your childhood, you have uh, like kind of what you're saying, you, you seem like a really deep thinker. 
And so, like with you, just just thinking about your kids, did you have siblings that you played with? Because you kind of you're you're telling us there's a part of your story that you just never really felt like you kind of fit in, and even in your family in some ways. Well, I do have a brother, and we 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 interacted. We didn't play too much, but we played some. But basically, everybody just attended and did their own thing. You know, he had his. Uh, after school activities and I did mine. My mom was very uh, wise in putting me in certain, uh, you know, basketball league and uh, taking me to the Boy Scouts, uh, extracurricular activities like that. So, but uh, that close bonding with the nucleus of the family, uh, it was there, but not fully. And I didn't know how to discern the proper way, I think. So all of this, uh, for all of our people listening and watching, this is all uh, happening in Puerto Rico, right? So you're a, yeah, so tell us about that. I mean, you obviously, you speak Spanish as your primary language, and so so there's a lot of things like to come, right? You grow up in Puerto Rico, and so there's more as you come to the United States and all that. Um, but you got your degrees in Puerto Rico you were sharing, so tell us about, kind of moving on and you, you felt like you had a lot of promise with life and and you do yeah so tell us about kind of moving on through life yeah so one of the things that the first uh, uh job i got offer right out of college it was like with detroit edison i did that for a little bit but it's it, i've quickly found out that it's not the the kind of job i wanted to do being secluded uh in a in an office in a cubicle doing uh, repetitive math, just forecasting. Uh, it was monotonous because it, it was just like being sitting down in a confined space and me seeking that validation. I'm more of a social kind of personality that, and I was not of that kind. As a child, I was very introvert. As an adult, I started compensating by realizing that I can get, you know, uh, to open up a little bit. So it took me a while, but once I just discovered that, it gave me a great deal of fulfillment. So going back to my, you know, working at Detroit Edison, I did that for a little bit. Then I moved to New York and I started working, looking for a job in New York that it was more suited. And I became a stockbroker. I, I applied for a company uh, to become a stockbroker. Um, I got my licensing, uh, Series 7 and 63, to become it, to become a stockbroker. And uh, I performed for a little bit um, as a junior broker. Further into the future, I have done, uh, it got to a point to got stagnated. And I got really, really deep into filling that void of relationships with codependent relationships. Uh, people that really needed help, and I thought I was helping. Although sometimes it, I had to acknowledge now, after reflecting with the help of God, that some of those relationships were not bad, but I, I was not really doing good for the right reasons. I was just doing good maybe to validate myself more than anything else. So, Johnny, you're, you're, the things you're sharing, you have a very great career. You're doing all these things, people in finance and numbers, those seem to come easy for you. And, 
And yet at the same time, your relationships were not going well. And it seems like you're using words like codependent. So obviously you've done some really good work with like a counselor or somebody like that. So you're, you're able to now look back and say, man, maybe I, maybe I wasn't doing those or I was serving to a place to where I was getting validated, but not, not reciprocated or something like that. So, so is that where your, you know, those relationship struggles is what kind of led you to kind of going, man, what's life all about? You know, is that what got you kind of hopeless and, I don't know if that's the word. I'm going to put words in your mouth, so correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, I, I will say that it, it was just just looking outwardly to having a family, like just the, the basic things in life that we all want to have your own family, to have kids, you know, the 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 basic dreams of anybody in life. And I was forcefully looking for that in the wrong place because they were broken. I was somewhat broken still and not realizing that uh, there's a saying is two brokers don't make a whole. <laughs> so, and nothing against, you know, the individuals, it's just like, um, we were not, the timing was not right. So when you talk about, uh, there's a current situation you're in um, that kind of came to a head with relationships and brokenness and and all these things and that's really what got you to victory is you were now no longer at a place where you had a, a home is that right correct yeah I just uh, I got married um, to a person <clears throat> things happen can't disclose uh, any details I still have undergoing uh, things I had to uh, deal with then uh, at one point, uh, I ended up going to uh, to county, county jail, Greene County. And then at Greene County, that's when you heard about Victory Mission for the first time? Yes, sir. Tell us about that story. Well, it was my uh, encounter with a pretrial person from, from here, Springfield, uh, giving me some options and hope uh, possibly because they have the way to figure out uh, how to pay, uh, help some of the inmates. And they, they, they gave me the paperwork to the Victory Mission. And I read it. And then one of the things that I really wanted is to change my, my life because I truly have take matters into my own hands. And I wanted to do something different. And sometimes, like any, any, Believer, sometimes I um, not successful, but I keep myself rooted in knowing that I'm not identified with sin or with my shortfalls, but to rest assured that He will, as a God full of grace and, and mercy, finish what He starts, because that's a promise that He said. Whatever He starts, He's going to finish the transformation. So I wanted to do something different. Going back to that initial encounter, I talked to the, the pre-trial person. He offered me that information of the victim mission. I said, well, you know, I have, I need to probably just put God, Father God first, like I should have done a long time ago. Because I, I left, you know, I leave him out of my life 
for the longest time, thinking that I was accomplishing a lot of things by my own means, and they were empty. They were not really accomplishments, although they seemed like at first glance they were not, because he was not present, and he was not for his glory, although he was still there. Yeah, he's always there, and and I think even when you said that, when you said that you know they were empty, it, there's kind of some some passion there, like you're you really feel like all those things you did, all the personal banker, your I mean you were a junior stockbroker, right? Those those tests, the series sixty three and the series sevens, those are hard tests. Those are hard exams, and and the things that you accomplished, but without God, you're saying that there was some void in your life and you were trying to fill it with these relationships and you still ended up in green county jail with all those accomplishments so yeah i'm going to fast forward to my last interaction with relationships and uh i, I think putting god in, in in that relationship could have you know helped me tremendously but the thing is uh, there was a lot of factors nobody's to blame but he knows the reason so what do you think that reason is now? That you're here? That you're here a year later? Yeah, he utilized that to give me the opportunity to get retooled and for him to take my hand, just like in John 4, chapter 4. The parable of that good Samar uh, Samaritan uh, woman, a questionable character, that Jesus comes to her and says to her, um, you have five husbands, but the one you have now, it is not. Just to have her introspect. So I got to introspect a little. And I said, well, maybe this is the wake-up call that God is utilizing for my life to allow myself to surrender and put him first, to have the line that I'm looking for. Because I tried uh, for the longest time. Uh, and he's he's taking pride and is is a journey that at, at time is is trial and tested, but he's faithful. And he is also a good teacher and a good shepherd that brings me back the little bit of time that I might stride away in my thoughts, in my flesh, to realize that the steering of the Holy Spirit and his word and my community of believers and including my church mentor. Give me guidance that that everything is going to be good in him. That everything is going to be okay. That's really good. So when you read that first handbook and the application at Green County Jail and you looked into all that, what what do you remember standing out about Victory Mission versus maybe another program? Did they have other programs? Why Victory? There was a couple of other programs, uh, honestly, but I chose Victory because I'm a very uh, religious person. Although I put God uh, away for the longest time. I grew up Catholic, so I, I, I had some roots in my faith, although I disattended those roots and strided away for a very long time. And I, I, I felt there was time. There was a, a lot of time, I mean, a lot of signs, or a few signs that I got to notice with the change of events that took place uh, from the simple 
me going to a place the moment that I got to uh, marry, uh, that it was close by. And also getting information when I went to county that to me, God is not a God of coincidence. He has a plan. He has a way, his way, Yahweh. <laughs> I actually use that quite a bit. But but just like he is funny. He he is a God of 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 that he knows how to put his master plan on the way. And when I start noticing how everything in the last year, year and a half had to take place, I think he he had it uh in store. Um and there is more to come. He said that, uh, and I know that I reflected one time and I went outside uh, at the, the shelter and I know that he, at due time, he's going to reveal everything. So you're talking about your relationship with Jesus, right? In the shelter. Um, you know, growing up as a Catholic, you have a good knowledge base of who God is, what is planned for you. What, what's been different now or what has really drawn you into this personal relationship? Because you really, you, as I hear you talk, I know you know this God, um, where sometimes, you know, the other faiths may, you know, they know about God, but it's like you still got to go through this person, or you still have to kind of... So what's different about you and your relationship with God now after being at Victory Mission? I think is the the ability to have people that have taken a lot of dedication and time to highlight certain things that I overlooked. Uh, like, for example, one of the things I discovered through uh, the chaplain's church mentor, the simple truth. God is a God of promises, uh, that we are more than conquerors, like is spoken by Paul in Romans, um, that we don't have to live in shame uh, when we fall short of of our acts, because that's a struggle that is denoted, like in Luke nine twenty three, you know. Um, let, therefore, he said to them all, whoever wants to follow me and come after me, let them deny themselves, pick up their cross, and follow me daily. So it's not a message of gloom, uh, but uh, summarizing, going back to what I was saying is just really feeling the simple truth that doesn't have to be overly thick. Just remember the blood and the cleansing and the ultimate act of sacrifice because of love is the summary and the way for this life and eternal life and to deal with our situations because if we love God, we will not do certain kind of things. If we love uh, our thy neighbor, we will carry ourselves a little different. So love to me, it is uh, alongside with identifying ourselves as a, as a new creation, as a child of God that have helped me. And that's through the help of the chaplains and my church mentor. He has been very influential, very helpful in my life. He taught me, uh, re we taught me on how to pray, pray with purpose, pray to the struggles that we undergo, uh, 
simple stuff like that. That's awesome. That's really good to know that like that those people have spoken to your life because that's one of the goals is we don't want you to stay at victory. We want you to find your church home and to find people that speak into your life. So talk to us. I know you can't talk to us much about some of the personal things you still have kind of with ongoing court cases, but um, talk to us about, I mean, you never lost your driver's license. You've always had that. Uh, you've, you've got a lot of those things uh, lined out. So what about relationships now? You've even talked a little bit about that, how, you know, you've had these different relationships, but now you're seeing them differently. Yeah, I, I want uh, a relationship to where I can interact with people in a good way. Because also, as one of the, the character traits that I used to be in my old self, it, it, it was somewhat, and still I'm undergoing some help with, uh, but um, to establish healthy boundaries with people in general, so I don't let those situations that might be a little trialsome at times be deceitful or insightful because frustration might lead me into not feel good. So I'm exercising, identifying myself of good courage, like in Joshua 1, 9, be of good courage in God to know that I can, I have the authority given by him to discern if I'm doing something that sometimes we can do good and out of doing good, we're doing wrong. Yeah. So to distinguish with his help and his guidance of the Holy Spirit, if I'm doing things for the right reasons. Are you worried how you'll get your groceries next week? Victory Mission can help. Our mobile food pantry partners with Ozark Food Harvest to provide groceries to our neighbors in need. We travel to sites across Springfield, Missouri every week to meet the immediate needs of our community. To find out more about Victory's mobile food pantry and find times and locations near you, visit victorymission.com forward slash mobile food pantry. So even in those boundaries, you know, because we talk about boundaries and relationships, you're even saying you need to act differently uh, and then also expect different behavior from others. So you're, you've learned that during this program. Yeah. And I'm still uh, working uh, alongside with help of counseling to, uh, you know, get that uh, thought process more cemented, you know, keep reminding myself who I am, uh, identity, that I'm more the conqueror, that I'm a child of God, that I, it is healthy because even God have boundaries. To have boundaries and exercise that as such because it is beneficial both to me and to the people that I interact with. So talk to us about your vocational, right? We, you have had a lot of amazing jobs and have grown in a lot of different positions, but you're kind of on a different track. You're not in the banking world. You're not. And so, so, so talk to us, talk to about some of the vocational 
challenges you might have had or the different things that have come up as you've, have you kind of rethink your careers? So talk to us about that. I, I want to have the opportunity because I always like to help. I want to find a career to work and, and but before I get to that point, I need to get to have, uh, to take the first step. So I'm doing that again, given the opportunity of getting back in the workforce by going through an entry-level job. But eventually I would like to uh, probably either counseling or maybe going to law school. I still haven't fully decided, although I'm pretty close to, uh, but that's actually more long-term as a goal that I want to accomplish, maybe going to school and getting some kind of different certificate. Uh, for the time being, I'm remaining steadfast to my entry-level job um, at a warehouse and just worshiping God and honoring Him, just doing the simple things that it might be overlooked a lot of times like in the, also the parable of the Good Samaritan, you know, uh, one of the things that we expect a lot of times is for God to have this big announcement audibly that he speak to us. But sometimes it's not the voice that we hear, it is the, the reflection after prayer that we can just sense a sense of urgency to do certain things or say something as simple as, now I know what you want me to do. And and that's the sermon, that's the movement, that's the, the Holy Spirit interceding and, and, and giving advice to us. So you have some long-term goals. Yep. But you're going to stay faithful to work every day. Yeah, yeah. For the time being, I'm going to remain faithful. Uh, and for another year, I work at currently at the uh, warehouse job, entry-level job. And then uh, uh, probably next year, uh, I will look into maybe going uh, to one of these uh, colleges here in town and getting some information, uh, maybe counseling, or even uh, going to law school. Cool. That's very good. Yeah, I took the LSAT exam uh, in 2001. Uh, I passed the LSAT exam, uh, and I was going to, I contemplated being a lawyer in 2001, but I uh, decided, you know, at that time not to. So I think maybe, maybe this is uh, God telling me, maybe you need to go. We need good people helping people. Yes. And and even with your bilingual, you know, you, you have some very good skill sets to help others in need. So what about financially? How was your life with money before and what is it like now after walking through this process? So talk to us about that. Well, in the past, I've always been uh, frugal in my expenditure, although sometimes I splurge with, with friends or people that were in my life a little, but I always was conscious, except for the close relationship I had with my loved ones or the relationships I have with the opposite sex. Uh, and sometimes they end up just blowing my finances to zero. Um, but now I uh, have been blessed with given the opportunity to uh, 
you know, make a living again. So I'm retaking those tools, but now knowing that the blessing is coming from God and not by my own means or getting validation through me, but validation through him. So it sounds like kind of putting all these things together, you, you've had some things where, you know, uh, I think people could look at you and say, Johnny, this, this program's not really for you. This is, uh, you know, this is for people coming out of, you know, uh, 30 years of drugs and all these things. But really what you noticed about your life was it's not that you were off track. It's that you weren't giving the blessings back to God. You were sort of thinking it was you. You were accomplishing those things and you had some success, but you felt like even those successes were really empty without God. Yeah. So you've just kind of shifted your perspective but also gotten some empowerment that you don't have to give everything for relationships that you have things to bring and that God's got a plan for you. You just, you have a lot more confidence than I saw when you first got here. Yeah. Yeah. And that's his works. Uh, uh, the only, the only way I can explain it is that he is working. He has found a way to, uh, to give me the discernment and, 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 and to remind me, because the Christian walk is, a, uh, you know, the way uh, he has been showing to me through his word is something just like we're taught through the program to identify ourselves more than and not to give in to a lie of that will keep us eternally in bondage and, and shame, um, but also to keep reminding ourselves, to let him give us the reminder by the, the the prayer exercise, you know, the continuous uh, devotion to reading his word, to get rooted because there's a lot of instruction set that is in that Bible that can be overlooked. Going back to that parable of the Good Samaritan, the first thing that I noticed, at least in my interpretation, and I will make this interpretation mine and mine alone, because the Holy Spirit speaks differently to other people. And I'm not going to impose my discernment, my interpretation of scriptures onto uh, anybody. But it's just to notice. To notice is the very first thing that we are called. We want to let ourselves go and be instruments and further be partakers of the divine with him to further his kingdom is to be uh, attentive, alert, to look around at opportunities that we can be of service. And those have to be big. But if we are not utilizing our spiritual senses. And uh, so he's working and uh, in showing me some things on how I can help, uh, how I can just pour out uh, onto others in a healthy way. That's good. So what about the restoration program, kind of looking back on your year? Uh, what what has exceeded your expectations? What has maybe met your expectations? Uh, what What was this whole process like for you? to walk through this year? Well, I, I, I'm i going to put it in, a, in, in one or two words, to be alive in the spirit. And you wouldn't have been able to say that when you first got here? You wouldn't? I was not. 
honestly and truly, I was not. So what does that mean? Help us f- flesh that out. So like somebody could say, well, you're alive in the spirit. What, is, what does that mean to Johnny? What does that, what does that mean to you? Well, at least to me, it's just like to really love on God in anything and everything we do in life. Like from the minute that we wake up to give thanks, the next when we go uh, to work, you know, the things that we have to do to, to get ourselves ready to go to work as a routine, daily routine, just making our beds and making breakfast, you know, because we feel compelled to worship him and do what he called us to do. And I think it's just do what we know it is good in him to do. In, in, in a simple way to me, that's what it means to be alive in the spirit. Not to give in to the lies that even I, at one point, got to believe. So you're saying for even simple things like when people are just waking up, man, praise God. I'm alive. And then you make him breakfast. Praise God that I have this blood. Just to reorient our heart in our daily practice to where we're growing in greater depth, realizing nothing's from from us, but all is from God. All is a blessing. I think it says like something to do that in scripture, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Everything good comes from him. And he's a God that gives gifts and good gifts. He gives, and honestly, that that's something that just I I I'm thrilled and thankful to be awakened again to have that relationship because it's to me it's this is something I'm gonna remember for the rest of my life. And you'll never be the same. Mm-mm. Yeah, he's gonna bring me back, and there's gonna be moments like you know the, the tribulations, but he always had been faithful to show me a particular scripture pertaining to my struggle at that time and he's been faithful by doing so man that's that's good i can tell you really believe what you're saying and that it it is deeply meaningful to you when when do you think that really rea- that reality sunk into you that you were like man i'm in the spirit like i'm in god like every moment of every day i can just walk this out yeah i think it was uh when I first got to the program, um, that Soul Detox helped me uh, look into the past. But it's when I start, you know, going through the classes and the teachings and uh, interacting, uh, reading the word, and and putting in practice. Uh, going back to uh, my the people that God had brought to my life, like my church mentor, just just praying with purpose and getting to a study of the of, of the Bible and realizing that the discernment of the Holy Spirit was talking to me pertaining specifically on instructions, pertaining to uh, some of the feelings I was having at a moment that got me rooted to understand that he was speaking, not audibly, but through the word, his word, which is truth. Johnny, this is very impactful for me. This is really powerful stuff because I know you really believe what you're saying you know so what what would be the main reason that you would share with somebody about victory mission why would you recommend this year-long process why would you take 
I mean, eight weeks of your life to do soul detox? Why, why would you do that? What does it even mean? Like, why would you recommend the things that were really impactful to you to someone else? Well, I, I, I will say to anybody that is looking for an opportunity to do have change, to realize that, first of all, you're worthy. Everybody is worthy. Everybody deserves salvation. We just had to answer that calling. But before we had to do an inventory. So that's why the parallel to the program of Soul Detox and the opportunity that we had were given to isolate, not in a negative way, but to look into the past with the right kind of eyes, godly eyes, to learn. And that's, that's something I will say to anybody that wants God in their lives to get the change and the kind of life in God and Jesus that only Him can give to give Victory Mission the opportunity to allow the process of the journey of looking to the past into what He is given to us in promises for the future. But not to worry about the you know, the future, because tomorrow have his own fair share of worries. Let tomorrow worry for itself, but to know and remember and fixate and focus in the fact that he has good things for our life. So just getting rooted in that word, to know that by faith, belief in the Father, he can do it. He can change your life. Give it a chance. Answer that call. Amen. That's it. That's really good stuff. So what else would you like to share? Is there, did you bring something you wanted to share with us today? What, what kind of things would you want people to know? Throughout the journey of, of my program, at one point I got to reflect in the wee hours before I went to work. And uh, I might have got a little steering and I, I reflected on some scriptures. I, I call the, the title of my reflection of the, of the compilation of all the scriptures, Doing Life with God. First step, it is in John 4, 16 to 26, to answer Jesus' calling, to look into our life and accept his invitation. That's the very first step. Because just like he did and, and, and highlighted to that Samaritan woman at the well that she was with a person that it was not her husband, she, Jesus didn't condemn her and extend it. And that the way I relate to that is like Jesus extending his hand, reaching out to our lives, not just to that Samaritan woman, but to all of us to answer that calling. And that's why I just wrote down to answer Jesus' calling. We just have to be attentive um, and to look into our lives. Luke 9, 52 to 56, to receive Jesus. Well, how? Really? He wants a deep relationship with us. So if we have the want and we come freely to him, he will, just like the parable of the prodigal son, he will be with wide open uh, arms waiting for us to come back. Um, to be ready 
Second Corinthians 54, I should say, uh, 7 to 10, rejoice in the power of God. That of uh, the scripture of the uh, the jars of clay, they were broken. How many times were broken in life? But we started believing the lie. But whenever we come to Him, He can take those parts, those pieces, and put them together. And from ashes, beauty can come out and shine. To rejoice in the power of God, lean and hope in Him. He will make our lives new. If we allow him, Jeremiah 29, 11 is a promise. Powerful one, uh, humbly, I think, plans of welfare, future, and hope. He don't want us to suffer. He wants us to have a whole life. So that's my reflection, and that's why I call my compilation doing life with God, step by step. That's good. I really like your inventory, almost like, and the... The way you started with that, the worthy, you're, you're worthy because God says so, right? And he's, he was there that moment at the well waiting for her to come. It's really good. Mm -hmm. And in context, in addition to that also, he came to meet with her at noontime. And when he finished his ministry, he died and gave his life and breath, uh, you know, breathe his last breath at noontime as well. So I think he's trying to tell us something. He's the alpha and the omega. So he's everything in our life. I read that this morning. That's interesting. That's the second time I've brought that up. But you are the third, so. Huh. He is both the first and the last. Yep. Yeah. Johnny, this is so good, man. I really appreciate that. And I love I love the smile. I can really tell that you this is not just something you're saying. It's something that you truly believe. And without God, I think I think you really feel like you would be lost. Yeah. It's good, man. Thanks for listening to the Brighter Stories podcast. What did you think of this episode? Jump on, leave us a review and let us know. We put out a new episode every first and third Friday of the month, so be sure to subscribe so you won't miss any content. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Springfield Victory Mission. Until next time, I'm your host, Jason Henson. Thanks for tuning in.